there, you're listening to the Park Crush Podcast. This is a Think Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? Good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Can't complain. I've had a very Think Park-esque experience this morning, queuing oh. up through some winding corridors to get my second shot of sweet, sweet vaccine. Oh, baby. Yeah, yeah. They could have done with a, some sort of fast pass system around there, or at least a board that gave you an estimated wait time. Did, uh, did anyone know. give you a red card to uh, check how long the queue is? Or No, no, but uh, at least two people walked past me claiming they were meeting someone at the front of the queue to try and get in front, and I was like, I'm not having this. You go back there. <laughs> but yes, it was busy, which is good, I guess. I, my appointment was at 10 to 10. Uh, on Saturday morning here, and I was not seen until a quarter past. A quarter and I was past. told I, I was told I had the perfect deltoid muscle, which uh, I guess is the closest I'll ever get to feeling like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they say that to all the patients. No, no, they don't. They only said it to me. God damn it! <laughs> anyway, uh, you must be coming up on your second dose pretty soon here uh, i am uh, I, as we're recording this uh we are five hours away from my second dose oh wow oh i totally lost track of it being today um, it, it had been uh, brought forward so uh yeah well that's exciting nice well <laughs> what a day what a day, what a day. Uh, so two exactly now we're in t- in line you know about two weeks from now the Park Rush team will be fully protected, or or at least have maximum protection against coronavirus. Wow, you can't ask for more, really. I mean, you could. I mean, I was told it's about ninety five percent protection. You know, hundred would be good. Not I'll not feasible, no, I'll, but I take ninety five percent. Quite frankly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good rate. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as of and 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 as of Monday. I think we are legally allowed now to record the podcast in the same room with four guests. <laughs> <laughs> we have a big uh, theme park, uh, Park Rush Bonanza episode with four guests on. Yeah, I'm, fly- I'm flying in all the friends of the show who've been on before. Alicia Stella's jetting in from Orlando. So is uh, Adrian from Theme Park Express. Carly Wiesel's coming over. Abby's popping around. <laughs> <laughs> all oh, the experts oh, and Abby's coming round. All the experts that we've assembled on this podcast over the last two and a half years are coming round <laughs> to talk about theme parks. Now that it's legally cool, legally legally cool to talk about theme parks. I'm not sure it's uh, ever in, been the, in, the, in the same cool. room with people from outside okay. your household. I'm, they yeah, mentioned this at the press conference last night, Josh. You obviously weren't paying attention. Chris Whitty pulled up there. a slide which very clearly stated you are allowed to discuss theme parks with people from other households in the same room from Monday. It was under the bit that said pubs can serve indoors, but oh, above, okay. rest, yeah. above cinemas. So we, you know, it's high on the list of Far more important. priority. Chris Whitty didn't actually put it up himself, though, did he? He asked someone else to put it up for him. Yes, of course, because he still hasn't been given a, yeah. a clicker for the poor man. That, that to... poor, poor man to direct his own PowerPoints. I'm still disappointed that they haven't, you know, put in unnecessary animations like every PowerPoint you did at school until you were about Spinning. 14. Just some <laughs> some word art flying in off the screen, flying in off screen. And the death rate this week is some drum the video, roll. <laughs> the video doesn't work because you didn't put it on your pen drive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Right, we should move on. Speaking of people who've been on the Parkcraft podcast or have contributed in some way, we're very grateful this week for some correspondence because it's been quite a slow news week, frankly. Uh, first of all, RIP to Pastor John's <laughs> Velocicoaster <laughs> trip report, which has been lost in the ether somewhere. Uh, I guess it, it got lost on its way to our inbox. It's probably asking for directions somewhere. It's uh, stopped in the Park Stop email inbox, and it's like, sorry, does anyone know how to get to Park Rush's inbox from here? Do Yet you, to do see. You guys it. not live next door to each other? Is that not how this works? Or you would you would have thought so, but alas. Okay. Thankfully, 
uh, something that did end up in the inbox successfully was an email, an email from Mr. Ben. Play the music. Hello, Tom here from the future. Just to say that we worked out the issue with John's missing email and it was in fact a problem on our end. We got the recording in the end. So here are John's thoughts on the Velocicoaster at Islands of Adventure. Thanks very much to John for sending them in. Tom, Tom can, can you hear me, Tom? Tom, um, can you hear me? Okay, good. Um, this is uh, John Self reporting for the Park Rush podcast as I'm entering the queue for uh, the Jurassic World Velocicoaster, which of course is in Jurassic Park. Yeah, deal with the theming your other way. We're entering the queue. Of course, we're in soft opening. Um, and so I will update you as we go along. We were told by the team members that it's about 50 minute wait. We will see because the wait times have been really inaccurate so far this week. Okay, entering the queue now into the area. This is where they tease you with it seeming like it's indoors. Then they take you to the outdoor area. Posted wait is still 50 minutes. As you can probably tell, there's a lot of activity going on. They've done a really good job of organizing and thinking through this. Um, I can tell you based on my experience riding this, this will be my, my fourth time that uh, this is gonna be a longer than a 50 minute wait. I will update you when I know more. Okay, Tom, updating you, it's uh, four minutes later. We're in the outdoor portion of the queue. You can, if I timed it correctly, you'll be able to hear the coasters going by. Um, I will update you when I get to the next part. Okay, four minutes later, we're back in the indoor queue, or at least the covered queue, so that's good. Okay, four minutes later, we have entered the true covered area of the queue with the best feature ever, these gigantic, and I do mean gigantic fans that cool the whole area because it's outdoors. Um, why people have not thought of this before, it's amazing. Velocicoaster is just one of those attractions in which they put a lot of thought into the queue and everything that went with it. Um, I do want to point out, as it's been reported in lots of places, um, in Orlando, we're now doing the three feet distancing at uh, all the theme parks. Velocicoaster, based on how the queue is set up, distancing is a thing of the past. So if you come here and want to get in line, it's going to be just like the old days of Velocicoaster. Um, there's not, I mean, there's not any distancing at all. It's just crammed people in a queue. So just be ready for that. But almost all the queue is indoors. I will update you and I get a little farther along. Okay, it's about five minutes later. I've entered the area with the raptor statues. And um, I'm gonna miss it though, but the Mr. DNA tells us to keep track of our stuff and put it in the lockers because, you know, Velocicoasters are swift. I'm about to enter an area that's kind of a less themed area of the queue, but there'll be some Easter eggs after that. I will update you along the way. Uh, two minutes later, we got the announcement Velocicoaster is experiencing a brief delay. Do not be concerned. Uh, this happened to me on Tuesday, uh, three different times and we never got to ride. So I will update you if I have a clue about anything else. Five minutes later, we've entered the area, the theming where the coaster goes by on the second launch. And then they use an incredible graphics window to show Raptors chasing it. Um, I can't really present that very well in audio and there's several different versions and the raptors stop and breathe on the windows and act all scary um there's sound that goes with it but uh, at this moment i'm not experiencing that because the coasters aren't going by uh we'll update when i have it we've entered the area where the character dr Wu reassures us that traveling with the raptors will be safe let me see if I can get you, you to hear some of it. Face to face with these magnificent creatures in a way that you might have to go back in time millions of years to experience. Of course, guest safety is our paramount concern. In the grooming stations, each specimen undergoes a complex, comprehensive examination after every running cycle. 
every aspect of the animal's physical condition, ophthalmological, dental, respiratory, and cardiovascular, is kept under close and constant monitoring. Our internationally recognized team of more than 40 specialized veterinarians, as well as our elite team of over 25 scientists spanning every aspect of our unique brand of biogenetic engineering, is constantly focused on the health and well-being of our animals. We have painstakingly leveraged our existing and growing knowledge of avian and reptile biology, developing the foundations of this groundbreaking paleo-veterinary science that was designed and developed right here in order to formulate the complex gameplay for how to properly care for and maintain these magnificent animals. Hello and welcome to Universal Orlando Resort Guidelines. Uh, if you are familiar with the movie, I cannot describe how creepy um, him talking about the raptors is. I've entered the area where there's a lot of Easter eggs with Malcolm's book and, and all the training things that the raptors have gone through. Of course, they're doing the overhead announcement to remind us to social distance, which of course we're not, but just to do that, um, we'll update in the next area which will be the lockers which I'll have to put my phone in the locker and then come back. Mr. DNA is educating us on the locker system right now. Scan your ticket at an available station and the screen will indicate which locker is assigned to that ticket. Won't be returning to this room so you remember that number, symbol, or color to retrieve your items. You must put all of your loose items, except the park ticket, in the locker. Don't forget to empty your pockets. You will be going through metal detection. Make sure to empty any beverages into the sink before placing it in the locker. When you return, you will arrive to the other side of the lockers. So hold on to your ticket and look for key markers. If you're familiar with coming to Universal Orlando, one of the worst parts is having to put all your stuff in a locker in a crammed area. If you've ever had to go to Gringotts and experience the transfer, one of the things of Velocicoaster is they've used the system of you put your stuff in on one side, and then when you come out, you're gonna get the other side of the locker, so it's a double-sided locker. The system is not perfect, but it is three million light years better than the system that you use in many of the other attractions. Even though Universal Orlando has fixed fix this problem in a lot of places getting better locker systems except for Gringotts um, this is an amazing step up so we have quickly moved to the animatronic area of the attraction in which the raptors are in their little holding areas where in the movie Jurassic World Owen Grady tests them out and checks them I literally am two and a half meters from a raptor in his cage animatronic he shakes his eyes move it's probably one of the best animatronics that Universal has created in all of the time they have done. It's a minute later, I'm about to enter the locker area, so I will be back with you after that. Uh, leaving the chaos of the locker area, uh, let's just say the locker system is better, but they had to come code it and do everything, so be expecting lots of issues still with the lockers, even though the system is amazingly better. I'm going to get to an, a quieter area and try to give you a short recap of the ride and I will update you at that point. Okay, upstairs in the infamous burger digs now because there's, that's what they walk you through. Uh, just to update you after you go through the lockers, um, you enter an area in which you have uh, the Claire Daring and Owen Grady characters going through their whole script because the description in the Jurassic World poster is just for you to, to go a trip roller coasters through the Raptor paddock with Fair Daring pretending like it's all going to be great. And of course, Owen Grady acting like it's going to be horrible. And of course, we survived. Um, got on the attraction about an hour, a little over an hour wait. Um, got front row. Front row, of course, was much better. You go through several what we call head chopper sections where you go through the rocks and every, all those kind of things. And then after that, you get into the second launch. Second launch takes you over the top hat feature. And then you go through several double helix, uh, double helix area, double, a double helix area. 
and then at that point you then face the Heartline roll, or they call it the Mojasaur roll. I mean, this is not the most thrilling coaster in the United States, but for Orlando area, this is arguably the most thrilling coaster there, there is in the Orlando area. Hopefully this helps. Um, if you want to hear more in my theme park insight, feel free to follow me at on Twitter at Pastor John. John is J-O-N, self, S-E-L-F. Or you can look up my blogs on touringplans.com. Hope this helped in your experience with the Velocicoaster. Talk to you later. It's been a while since we've been able to use the email music, Josh. It has, yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's back. I mean, yeah. I did float the idea of changing it to correspondence in general music. And I think I will I think I will do that moving forward, you know, now that it's made its return. I think this is me officially saying that now all correspondence will be greeted by the correspondence in general music. So emails, <laughs> tweets. Is that what we're calling it now? Uh anchor messages. Welcome to the correspondence in general section of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. And of course, because it's from Mr. Ben, he has his own tune as well. And Josh, you have the email in front of you. Of course, you can email us if you haven't before or would like to. Podcast at parkrush.com. Josh, take it away. Sure thing. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, really enjoyed the latest episode about Alton Towers. Uh, I've never been, but might have to make the trip now. I'm only an hour away, so no excuse, really. No excuse, Ben. It's shocking that you haven't been before. Quite it's only an hour away from Alton Towers. Yeah. Oh, well, yes. There's no excuse. It's a very good day out. Uh, pr- preferably on a day where it's not chucking it down with rain. Uh, yes, but I maintain. I there is still part of me that is happy that my first experience of Smiler was in the pouring rain. You know, glad yeah, to have yeah, been yeah. through it. It added to the trauma, I would say. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a a refreshing experience to say the least. Ben goes on. Two questions. Uh, did I completely invent this in my head, or did 13 used to have real-life actors in it at one stage? I seem to remember seeing a video of the drop section in the barn, but the train being surrounded by actors wearing Wraith costumes. They would grab at the people on the train, which would shit you right up, as you're obviously restrained, and then the drop happened. Might be another drop coaster or just a Halloween thing or something that doesn't exist, but I thought I'd check. I have done some research, because I don't... I, I so, Part of me remembers this, part of me doesn't. It's sort of uh, somewhere, it's a grey area in my mind. Um, so I did hook it up. I do remember uh, GMTV, as it was known back then, the um, premier ITV breakfast show uh, every every morning on Channel 3 over here in the UK. Um, Is that the one Piers like Morgan a, got sacked from? Or yes. Or out of? Yeah, and they've replaced him with Alistair Campbell. That's right. Piers Morgan's actually uh, hosting next week's Park Rush podcast. Yes. Um, mm. Very controversial views about theme parks, but... Uh, yeah. That's it's, why we've got him true. on. It's <laughs> true. Exactly. Um, this was way before then, though. This was like when everyone was quite nicey-nicey and not trying to be controversial. Oh, right. Uh, um, and they used to... You know, t- send someone, maybe the uh, the weather person or uh, one of the general RAN correspondents to go and do, oh, this is new rides open and we want some publicity for it. So we'll send the weather person out to it or some random uh, person. Uh, and they went on it um, and there was no real life actors in the drop section, uh, but there were some real life actors um, in the... Um, station area that were playing havoc and she was um as ben put it shat right up she uh she was well scared um in that in that little clip the footage is kind of awful but i will put it on the show notes um and also there uh during Scarefest every year the uh alton towers equivalent of halloween horror nights uh they do put uh, live actors in the queue line and uh, the creepy girl from the adverts also appears in the forest. So unfortunately no actors in the uh, drop area. I think that might be a bit too dangerous. I don't know. Um, but certainly around the other areas of the ride. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
And then uh, he also asked, second question, uh, I'm sure I've asked this before. I'm pretty sure you have, Ben. But can you give me some book recommendations? I've ordered created my own nemesis due to the last episode, but I'd be keen to hear of any other theme parks slash ride books you'd suggest. Um, so with it being locked down uh, and not having my uh, general commute to and from work, I have read all of one book. Um, and that is the book that I started before lockdown. Um, and unfortunately... <laughs> the first lockdown, you mean? Yes, the first lockdown, way back in uh, March, March of, 2020. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that book was also not a theme park book. Right. Um, was it good, though? You know, would you recommend it in general? Uh, yes. I mean... <laughs> I, enjoy, uh, I remember enjoying it. I can't remember what the book was. It's been like... A ringing endorsement. Uh, 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 yeah, I can't even tell you what it was, quite frankly. Great. Well, it must have been yeah. fantastic. Truly riveting from start to finish. Just let I it go. I can tell you what book I'm, I've started uh, since, which has taken me six months to, <laughs> to read 20% of the book. But uh, Okay. That's, that's quite good um, so far. Yeah, what is it? You haven't said what it is yet. <laughs> uh, the word is murder. The by, word is murder. Okay. Yes, by the guy who did the Alex Ryder books. Oh, um, Anthony Horowitz. Is that him? Yes. Yeah. Right. He. Uh, okay. Nice. I did a little bit of reading up on him. He he wrote Foil's War, which was like a detective drama set during World War Two. That was on BBC or ITV or something like that. It was quite long running. Um, and yes, yeah, so the word is murder is his first uh, foray into adult detective novels, nice. grown up detective novels, not like XXX detective novels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a family friendly show. We're not going to be. <laughs> we'll put some links to some uh, X rated detective books in the show notes. Just make sure you're 18 or above. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any recommendations of things I've read, but I have got a couple of books yeah. on my shelf and a couple of books in my Amazon wish list that I'm looking forward to reading. The two on my shelf are more coffee book, coffee table books. So I've got literally called Disneyland uh, or Walt Disney's Disneyland by Chris Nichols. It's quite a thick, chunky book, quite tall. Um, it's got <laughs> you know, artwork and... Uh, little snippets and that sort of thing. That's so that's quite an interesting book, but not really a book that you would read particularly. Yeah. Take that on the um, train, just annoy everyone. <laughs> yeah, sitting next to you. Excuse me, could you move uh, over one? This book's quite large. Yeah, could you hold this corner for me, please? To be fair, you know, the COVID age is the perfect time to bring a book like that on the train. It's probably the only time you'd get away with it because people generally aren't sitting right next to you. It's true. So yeah. you could probably take a, a book like that on the uh, on the train in the current climate. Yes. Um, and I've also got Maps of the Disney Parks by uh, Neary and Hunt. Um, I actually bought that from Disney Springs, that one. Um, and oh, nice. every page is a map through the ages of different Disney parks. Um, oh, that even sounds ones cool. That didn't even exist. Like um, Westcott is in there, for example. What about the Beastly Kingdom, Animal Kingdom? Is that in there? Is there a map of that? I haven't got that far in it yet. Oh. So, um, <laughs> what about... Are either of those books the one that I've seen, which is that massive one with Mickey Mouse on it? What's that one? Is that a thing park book or is that just Mickey Mouse? That is just about Mickey Mouse, that one. Right, okay. Uh, so I didn't well, include it, but I do have that one. You should take some. You should take pictures of these books and put them on the uh, Twitters. Yes, I'll do at that. At Park Crush Podcast. Yeah, I've also got four. the four books in my wish list uh, are uh, The Haunted Mansion, Imagineering a Disney Classic, by Jason Sorrell. That's meant to be a good one, from what I've heard. Walt Disney, <laughs> Walt Disney Imagineering, a behind-the-dreams look at making more magic real by uh, by the Imagineers, apparently, this one. I think this one's quite a big book, relatively big book as well. Looks like it's got quite a lot of good illustrations in it and that sort of thing. Um, and I've got Theme Park Design and the Art of Themed Entertainment by uh, David Younger and Tony Baxter. This is more about philosophies in park design and roller coaster design and that sort of thing, but it looks kind of cool. Uh, and finally, I think this is kind of one that's very well regarded, um, and that is Walt Disney's ultimate inventor, the genius of uh, Ube Iwerks, 
by Don Iwerks. So it's all about uh, Oob himself. Oob? Herb? Didn't Leslie Iwerks make the documentary yes. on Disney Plus? What is that one called? Yeah. Again? Imagineering Story. Yes. That was very uh, good. All, all related. Until the end when it became a bit, bit propaganda-ish. Well, uh, some recommendations there. Was there any more to Ben's email? Because we did kind of have uh, another bit of correspondence. Uh, no, he just says, as ever, keep up with a great podcast and good luck with the new website. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Yes, that's uh, newhighscore.co.uk. We also had some correspondence, which did successfully arrive from John uh, via Twitter. Uh, he's been writing again this week for Touring Plans. We talked last, uh, maybe two weeks ago, about his excellent guide to uh, novelty donuts at Disney World and Universal, and he's now written a fantastically specific savers guide, if you like, for how best to spend your money on soda at Universal Orlando, uh, the Coke Freestyle Cup, and all the various ways in which you can uh, use that to your advantage to save money throughout the day and then on return trips. So uh, I've retweeted that on the Park Rush podcast Twitter account, and you can go and find it there. Uh, worth the read, I would say. And I think that will do it for the correspondence this week. So I'm going to play the music again, because why not? All right. Well, moving on, Josh. Now, uh, on the topic of advice, theme park advice. Yeah. Uh, as laid out so neatly there by John in his article. Uh, we thought, given that technically speaking, you you can now go on holiday abroad to a very specific limited list of countries, if you're in the UK, from Monday, yeah. the 17th of May, we thought we would do a bit of research into some of the theme parks you may be able to go to if you choose to visit Portugal, which is with all due respect to the other countries on the list, just about the only truly attractive destination on the very limited green list. Because the other ones that you might actually fancy aren't letting people in at the moment anyway, so then being on the green list is completely irrelevant. Places like Australia, Singapore, New Zealand, they won't let you in. So Portugal is just about the only one on there. Unless you want to go Guernsey or somewhere, or Jersey maybe, you know, could be a uh, war yeah, I think, in Jersey. I think my, so I think my parents have uh, Jersey booked in for later in the year. Right. Well, you know, they might be on the front line. <laughs> Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. But Zoo Marine is uh, one of these uh, theme parks on the Portugal list that we have um, assembled, if you will. We have we have gone to the trouble to recommend or at least make you aware of some of the theme park options in Portugal if you are a Brit looking to travel from Monday. Uh, I mentioned Zoomarine first because I've actually been there, so I can speak oh. to it a little bit. This is a little bit, I suppose, like budget SeaWorld with less rides. That is probably how I would sum it up. It is, uh, was... as the name would suggest, uh, primarily a uh, marine animal park. Dolphins are kind of the headline attraction, I would say. There are dolphin shows, much as there are... At SeaWorld, uh, there are also uh, turtles, birds, uh, aquariums. Uh, and then in terms of the rides, I don't remember too many of these. Uh, I, I'm going by the website. I, I went to Zoo Marine about 15 years ago. You've got a mini roller coaster, which goes to an astonishing 4.5 metres. Uh, so imagine about what? Two, maybe three people stand. Yeah, three people standing on each other's shoulders. That's how high this thing is. Truly, truly jaw-dropping stuff. Yes. There's a, um, a, a dinosaur-themed rapids ride. I guess like the Jurassic Park rapids ride in Singapore. Uh, there's a merry-go-round. There's a train. Uh, there's something called Manta. Unfortunately, it is not. A recreation of Manta at SeaWorld. It is, in fact, uh, reminiscent of a flat ride we did at Alton Towers 
last week, which, Josh, you said there was a specific name for that kind of ride. I don't know if you can remember what it is. Uh, God, no, I've forgotten it now off the top of my head, I'm afraid. Uh, alas. Uh, and then there's a, a Farrell or Farol, maybe. It's a, a little sort of kiddie-friendly drop tower, I suppose. Uh, that's about six metres high. So cool. there's some of your options <laughs> when it comes wow. to rides at Zoo Marine. <laughs> I, I, I would suggest you're not really going there for the rides. You're going for the animals and the shows. I remember it being okay. And it was If you look at the photos cheap. of that Farol, it's... Wow. It's a lighthouse. Yes. Uh, so they are reopening, uh, in fact, next week, the 19th of May. And there's going to be a 30% discount if you go. So there you are. There you go. Marine. What else is on this list of Portugal theme parks? Um, so, <laughs> going by TripAdvisor, the next best park in <laughs> Portugal is... Crazy world, and you know it's crazy because it's spelt with a K. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on then. What what we got there? Um, Anything good? It's it's a jumped up petting zoo. If I'm honest. <laughs> okay. Great. Um, jumped. <laughs> there's, a, there's a petting zoo. Uh, there's some dinosaurs in the reptile pet, pavilion. Apparently, can you pet those? Doesn't. Say, so, okay. There is a pony and donkey ride. There's uh, a swimming pool with a slide. There's mini golf. <laughs> uh, you mean crazy there's... golf? <laughs> uh, they they <laughs> with a cake. They, spe- they specifically call it mini golf. Ah, oh, right. And there's a there's a uh, rope climb thing. You know, like a go ape, I guess. But probably not oh, yeah. good. Not really any pictures of any of the stuff on their website. Um, doesn't really tell you anything about the rights. But apparently they well, might have amusements paintball. They got paintball going on as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about Crazy World. I think <laughs> wow. if that's the second best park after Zoo Marine, sounds like a fairly hefty drop. I mean, Zoo Marine isn't. I don't remember being particularly amazing, but. You know, it's got something going for it. The the animal side of things I thought was quite good from what I remember. I must admit, I remember being on very different rides to the ones listed on their website. I seem to remember being on one of those swinging ships. But maybe I'm making that up or misremembering. <laughs> Big fan of a swinging ship. Associating it with a different park. But, uh, yeah, I guess, I, I guess that's your exhaustive guide to Portugal theme parks. If I'm being honest, if There's Crazy Dino World... Park as well. Is Dino Park? If Dino Park is considered a lesser experience than the crazy world you have just described, yeah, I'm not sure it's worth airtime. <laughs> to be honest, what about Sand City? I hate sand; it's rough, of course. It's everywhere. I've I've clicked on another article here, uh, which says top ten top theme parks in Portugal that add more fun and thrill to your 2021 vacay. And in this picture, Vacay. there are two roller coasters uh, in Ooh. this like header photo. It doesn't. It doesn't make reference to them at all in the rest of the article. <laughs> Great. So they don't exist. Not in Portugal, at least. It doesn't seem to. No. Seems like if you want to travel for theme park purposes, um, you're going to have to wait, maybe a bit longer for something worthwhile. What do we yeah. reckon is going to be the Kind of, you know, the the country with the best theme parks next to go on, or first to go on the green list. Maybe Germany. I would I would say is probably first yeah, in line. Probably, probably Germany. I think, I think that would make sense. They seem like they're on top of their vaccination program in the EU now. Germany is one of the countries doing best, and of course they have uh, Fantasia Land and Europa Park to name two. Uh, France, who knows? There's still no reopening date for Disneyland Paris. Spain, I guess, potentially. You've got Puerto Ventura there. So hopefully that one yeah. isn't too far off. And the Netherlands, of course. Efteling has a reopening date. That's going to be reopening this week coming. So maybe they'll be able to start welcoming tourists in the not-too-distant future uh, if they get put on our green list. Of course, the US will be the one that everyone's got their eye on. And as as good as, good as their vaccination program has been, 
Um, there is still a decent amount of COVID there, of course. Uh, so maybe they won't end up on our green list as soon as people might like. But we'll have to wait and see. Plenty of uncertainty still. Uh, all you can do to improve everyone's chances of getting back to normal is go get vaccinated. Yes. I've uh, I've I've done some uh, internet sleuthing to find out where that picture is from. Oh. Uh, Port Ventura, Spain. <laughs> so the best theme park if you're in Portugal is to go to neighboring Spain. Yes. And Great. it's not even the same side of Spain that Portugal is. It's the other side. Oh, oh well. It's, uh, that just about sums it up. I'm glad we didn't talk about Dino World, to be to be honest. Or Dino Land. Sorry. It's Crazy World, uh, Dino Land. Dino, is that right? Dino Park. Dino Park. Oh, God. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay, the well, there we go. exhibition of dinosaurs in Lisbon. I think I think I mean there's a dinosaur ride at Zoo Marine. I think if you if you if you're desperate for dinos in Portugal, that maybe is the place to go. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd agree. Of course, if you want to go to Portugal and see an actual dinosaur, just rock up at Jose Mourinho's gaff. Oh, zing! Right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into, I guess the most significant. I know it's been a slow news week, and it, and it kind of has, but there was one significant. Uh, piece of news out of uh, the Orlando parks this week. Before we get to that, just very briefly, a, a new release date confirmed for Jungle Cruise announced by Dwayne Johnson himself. Uh, it's coming on July 30th and confirmation as well that as well as cinemas it will be coming direct to Disney Plus presumably as a premier access feature, uh, which is what, 20 quid here and $30 I think in the US? It's, oh, I think that's what they go for. Don't quote me on that. It might be 25, but I think it's 30. So, Steep. yeah, I'm looking forward to this. We have, I mean, we have a few cinema trips booked now because they're reopening next week in the, US, uh, in the UK. Very excited. So hopefully all being well, cinemas will not have had to have shut again by by this point and we can go and see Jungle Cruise on the big screen as uh, God intended. <laughs> yes, um, it's in the Bible. Absolutely, yes. I'm looking forward to it. I thought the trailers looked quite good fun. Fun, yeah, high adventure so. tone. You don't really get too many films like this anymore. So I'm looking forward to it. I like The Rock. I like Emily Blunt. Should be good. I, it should be good fun. I like Jungle Cruise. Least. I like Jungle Cruise. Exactly. Yes. And of course, they're refurbing Jungle Cruise a bit at the moment. But it's worth noting that as far as we're aware, it's not to bring it in line at all with the film. It's just to remove those, you know, racist caricatures. So Yeah, unlike... they're adding, adding more Disney Sea stuff as well, right? So... Mm, yeah the, the society of explorers and adventurers oh i see yeah i remember us talking about that yeah unlike i mean I, uh, we'll see i guess right i mean nobody would have guessed that pirates of the caribbean would have spawned an iconic character like jack sparrow and they ended up adding him later to the ride if whoever Dwayne johnson or emily blunt's characters are end up being these iconic uh, characters then maybe there'll be a change of tact in future but i think that's probably unlikely. Just on that, actually, a bit random. Do you think there's any yeah. chance of them getting rid of the Jack Sparrow from the Pirates ride, given what's gone on with Johnny Depp recently and him losing his defamation case in the UK and he's been pulled as a result from those uh, or from the next Fantastic Beasts film, which is, for some reason, still a thing. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I, yeah, I just don't. I don't see him getting pulled. I think it's an odd one. I think because the the result of that seems to be quite anti public opinion of him, from what I can tell. So, you know, as long as the people aren't hating on the Johnny Depp caricature in that ride, then I think it will stay. You know, yeah. it's taken them a long time to get rid of Splash Mountain. Just lock him away and uh, he can go in the prison cell at the end of the ride. Him and the Trump animatronic from the Hall of Presidents. Just put him <laughs> in there, begging the dog for the key. Just, yeah. Put actual Trump in there. Or, yeah, or actual Trump. I'd be up for that as well. I mean, he spends most of his time at uh, Mar-a-Lago in Florida, doesn't he? So he's not too far away. Just swoop so far, in, yeah. take him away, put him in the prison at the end of the pirate's <laughs> ride. <laughs> he's, he's spend the rest of your days in Davy Jones' locker. 
he's just had Nigel Farage going around telling people how great Donald Trump is. I know, right? What a spokesman to have, Nigel Farage. <laughs> Absolutely it's, sensational it's so stuff. Em- it's so embarrassing. It is. It is very, very embarrassing. Anyway, uh, so the uh, the big news of which I spoke, the CDC, uh, the Centers for Disease Control in the US, we've spoken before about the fact they've been quite, quite a bit more lax with their advice uh, when it comes to what you can do after you've been fully vaccinated. In the yeah. US, they've said, for example, you don't have to wear masks if you've had if you're if you're considered maximum protect, uh, protected. So if you're what like a couple of weeks after your second dose, which is when that will start to kick in, you're considered protected and therefore don't have to wear masks anymore. I think indoors and outdoors. Now, of course, that presents a challenge for somewhere like Disney because they're not going to check if you've been vaccinated. I don't think that's ever going to become a policy. So how do they how do they approach this? Um, they have, I guess, gone with something of a of the middle ground approach and universal have done the same which is that they are now only requiring that you wear masks when you are on a ride in a queue for a ride or obviously indoors Um, so basically it's in line with what the rules are at the uk theme parks right now um places like alton towers and thought park where we've been in the last few weeks no one's obviously going to stop you wearing your mask walking around generally if you want to wear one but you don't have to Uh, but when you're queuing for rides when you're on rides and when you're indoors, getting food, going to the toilet, whatever, in the shops, then you do have to wear a mask. Um, yeah, they've um, they've reduced the queue lengths as well, right? The the distance between the markers. Oh yeah, it seems like as well, like loading up rides, uh, any efforts yeah. to social distance there are kind of going out the window. Seems like first excuse they have had to make some changes. They are absolutely going for it. I guess the next, the, the big one really, and one I've not, I don't think there's been any official confirmation of this, is when they up the capacity limits, because that is going to be key really for, because right now I'd mm. imagine they are hitting their current limits quite comfortably just with locals. So yes, that's going to need to go up when it becomes more viable for them to accept or welcome, should I say, uh, visitors from other states or, of course, eventually from abroad. But right now, I don't think anything has changed on that front. Uh, no, um, Disney World, is, uh, from when this airs, will stop um, temperature checking guests coming into the park. I always found um, the idea the of a temperature check members. at a Florida park a little bit dubious just because of the conditions there. You know, you could very yeah. easily present with a temperature where actually you're completely fine. And likewise, you may the the opposite may be true. You could uh, come in coming cool and end up and, and actually be uh, symptomatic in in another way. So yeah, certainly with the uh, trams not necessarily running. Um, mm. You know, you if you you've had to walk from your car, which could be a distance. You know, get a sweat up. For for me, the I think and in all, this this applies to kind of all walks of life in which they're used the temperature checks always to me felt like more of a deterrent than an actual preventative how you were going to keep you out if you've potentially got covid when you get here kind of thing i think it, it to, for me it's the type of thing that hopefully will make people think if they wake up in the morning on a day they're meant to go to disney world and they're feeling a bit under the weather they, they in previous times they would have just got on with it and gone but yeah. knowing there's a temperature check there knowing everything else they might rethink and be like, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this time. That yeah, was always to be, me kind of the value of the temperature check, just making people think twice. Imagine um, rocking up to Disney World, having paid your twenty five bucks for parking. Yeah, um, you, you get all the way to the front gate and the temperature check. You go, no, nah, you can't come in. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Do I get do I get do I get my parking money back? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Off no you go. way. Yeah. Um what do you make what do you make of this? I mean there's there's part of me that is deeply cynical and a bit like well, I, I get that it's kind of becoming more accepted advice, uh certainly for those who've been vaccinated. Um and of course, you know, what's the point of the vaccine and everything else if we're not eventually trying to get back to normal? Uh but then there is part of me that is like literally the first sign of an easing of measures. And it feels like they've made like it doesn't feel we have confidence that they've actually got the safety of the guests maybe at 
maybe that's not top of their priority list. Like maybe they're pushing what? a bit hard early. I don't know. That's just the sense I get from the desperation they seem to have to be like, oh, at last, everyone can come on the ride. You don't have to wear masks. I can't believe you are accusing these mega corporations (laughs) of not having the guests' best interests at heart, Tom. It's shocking. I mean, technically, I'm an employee of one of them. Uh, Uh, Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I guess I am. Disclaimer, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I think it's not so much the situation that is in place now, because as I've said, as we've said, it's actually now quite consistent with what the rules are or how the UK parks are in fact operating. I just think that, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but the sense I get is that in America there is inherently a little bit, there has been a bit more tension, largely driven by them having a year of the president telling them, oh, our masks don't matter, etc. Uh, Trump, that that being obviously, that it's always felt like there's been a bit more tension about telling people what they need to do and the rules they need to follow. And at the, like, if those people like had over the last few months reluctantly finally been like, "All right, fine, I'll wear the bloody mask," first sign of, "Oh, maybe we don't have to wear them anymore," it might get a bit too lax. Like, I don't know. That's just. The sense I get as well, especially just dropping this many measures at the same time, I think might just create a bit more. I guess what I'm saying as well, the people I actually feel sorry for in this situation are probably the cast members and the team members who've probably had to put up with a lot of absolute nonsense from people. Yeah. And we've seen evidence of it, various clips going around on social media of people just being complete arseholes. And um, I just feel like a move like this happening quite suddenly and, and quite a lot happening at once might just create more issues for them going forward. Yeah. But hopefully yeah, well. people are responsible, Josh. You never know. <laughs> you you do you do never know, Tom. When when do you uh when do you anticipate UK parks maybe like boosting capacity or easing up some of their measures in another way? And maybe maybe the better question is when would you personally feel comfortable with them doing something like that if if they started to say, you don't have to wear a mask now on outdoor rides or we're going to let more people in, you know? Um, when would you start so, to feel okay um, about that? So for my personal benefit, uh, as an as a individual person, uh, I would say I'm getting the vaccine today, second vaccine. So at this point, I'm not that fussed, you know, for my personal health and welfare. But obviously... The large majority of the people that are going to theme parks are still uh, unvaccinated. In the UK, in the UK. This is, yeah. In the UK, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think you're talking... Obviously, what, this week is when the indoor attractions can open. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You still have to wear masks and, and stuff like that. So I think probably... It, it all very much depends on how many people get vaccinated... Um, so you're probably talking, I don't know, mid-June-ish. I think I'd probably be pretty happy. Um, I think you then realistically you, you're only, you've, you've only really got the youth left and they seem to be pretty resilient in the general scheme of things. So I think we'd be pretty happy from that point. Well, let's hope so anyway. Things can, yes. you know, slowly and increasingly get back to normal over the coming uh weeks and months that's that that goes for everywhere of course not just the uk and the us of course yeah uh, i think that's everything josh to be honest uh, like i say it's not yeah. been the busiest of news weeks so very grateful as ever but especially on a week like this to have the correspondence we've had from mr ben from john uh, and even if you haven't messaged in uh, we appreciate all the listeners that we get each week if someone had told me when we started this thing that the number of people who listen to this would listen to this each week at some point in future. I would have said, nah, nah. <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty sure I'm just recording this for my own benefit. You know, something to yeah. do on a Saturday. So yeah. it's uh, it's very it's very humbling actually. So and of course, hopefully, hopefully, uh, before long, we will be back recording in the same studio. Oh boy! Yeah. Do you remember when we used to? We had a bit of a routine, you know. We'd record a podcast in the morning, then we'd go and see a film, 
in the afternoon. Sometimes we'd then have dinner and go see another film. But we that had a bit of like a, a Saturday routine, and it's that feels like a very long time ago, over a year ago. So <laughs> it literally was, Tom. It, yeah. it was. It would be nice to get back to that. Yeah, anything resembling that would be nice. Mm. Yes. Well, uh, fingers crossed on that front as well that we're back to that soon. In the meantime, as we said earlier, you can email the show podcast at parkrush.com. You can tweet us uh, at parkrush podcast. You can find the show notes each week where uh, you can find links to the articles that we discussed, any other relevant bits and pieces as well, videos and whatnot at newhighscore.co.uk. That is the new home of the uh, show notes for Park Rush. Uh, if you just want straight up episodes in the uh, easiest format possible, I think parkrush.com is still the best place for that. Or of course, just look us up in whatever podcasting app you use where you'll be able to subscribe as well. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everybody. As I said earlier, uh, get vaccinated at the earliest possible opportunity. And uh, in the meantime, stay safe out there. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. See ya.